You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the true benefits of 3D imaging technology in dentistry and learn which factors really influence correct diagnosis. Our guest is Dr. Bruno Azevedo, a diplomat of the American Board of Oral and Maxillofacial Radiology and is one of the most sought-after speakers regarding CBCT imaging in North America. He has 17 years' experience working with CBCT imaging, which gives him a unique clinical perspective on the use of 3D imaging technologies in dentistry. Dr. Azevedo, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Bill, a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and I learned from just discussing with you offline that you're the, one of the key speakers and experts, KOLs, for the American Association of Endodontics uh, in their meetings, and uh, most of your stuff is sold out for years to come. Very impressive, and it makes us feel good that we got the right guy on this show to answer some of these questions. So thanks for letting us know, and I'm sure our audience will appreciate your insight. So to begin, why did general dentists, not so much specialists, and we know specialists use 3D imaging, why would general dentists need 3D imaging in their practice? 3D imaging or cone beam computer tomography in dentistry um, actually is changing the way we diagnose uh, pretty much any condition associated with the oromaxillofacial complex. One of the things that most general dentists don't realize is that whether they want it or not, every single one of them are in the business of diagnosis, right? So when, when we start talking about Combin CT imaging, what are we really talking about? We are talking about the best imaging modality that we currently have to come up with, with, with very hard diagnosis uh, from a 2D perspective. What, what does that mean? So check this out. Imagine that you have a, a, a patient in your practice right now that is just complaining of pain. Maybe that, that patient is complaining of pain um, you know, in a tooth for the past couple years. You, you know, The root canal looks good. The two-dimensional radiograph looks good. There's no probing. Um, and, and you just don't know why and th- that is happening. What 3D imaging does, it allows you now to truly look at that particular area and see if there is anything uh, associated with the tooth or the anatomy surrounding that tooth that is actually justifying the the patient's symptoms. So that is one. The second component that I think it's really important to address is that as dentistry evolves, right, all the new technologies that are coming up in dentistry, 3D printing, dental implants, surgical guides, and so on, uh, CAT CAM technology, it, all those technologies, they have one thing in common. They are using Combin CT scans as the scaffold uh, to be uh, overlaid on top of. So what do I mean by this? So if you, if you maybe today you're, you're, you don't want to place implants, right? But the idea is in the future, chances are that you will or you will want to. Maybe right now you're not doing, you know, um, the, the sort of Invisaligns or, or um, you know, removable orthodontics, things of that nature, but in the future you may want to jump into that. Maybe today you're not doing TMD diagnosis or airway diagnosis or anything of those terms, or even in a dice. You, might, you may not have even be doing your angle today, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it in the future. And, and what Combin CT imaging does, it brings something called, uh, that, that is very desirable in dentistry, which is called predictability, right? So uh, the fact that Combin allows me to have better predictability on, on the type of the treatment plan that I'm going to propose to a patient, it's, it's, it's crucial for the success of the case. Yeah, so that makes great sense. I mean, the diagnostic part is so true. That's what we are. We're diagnosticians, absolutely. 
how practical is that for a typical dentist to to have in his office cone beam? I mean, do they have to purchase this? Do they have the room for it? What's the footprint? Could you give us a little bit of insight into a, ge- a general dentist who's who may you know don't may not have a ton of space in his office? So so here is how I see it. Um, you made a very valid question, which is how, how about the footprint? You know, what do I need to do in order to uh, start thinking about getting one of those units in my office? Um, the first thing I will tell you is that there are two types of cone BCT scanners in the market. One that's called dedicated cone BCT scanner. For example, the, the, the highest resolution cone BCT in the world is the Aquitomo from Merida, and that is the, uh, 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 a machine that only takes cone BCT scanners. It doesn't do panoramic imaging. It doesn't do um, you know, lateral steps and things of that nature. So if you want to, if you if you have the space, right? If you are in a location that you have the space to have a dedicated cone beam room in your practice, that shouldn't be a problem. However, we know the real estate is really expensive. We know the real estate, depending on where you practice, you know, it it is virtually impossible for you to be able to uh, have two units or dedicated space in your practice just for a cone beam. So in those cases, you'll have what's called a hybrid unit. Uh, which is a machine that allows you to take a panoramic uh, radiograph and cone BCT imaging radiograph. And the vast majority of practices, this, this works really, really well because the footprint, it's so small that that, that shouldn't take uh, the, the space um, that, that most offices already have dedicated for panoramic imaging. So that works super, super well. You said it a little bit quickly. Can you elaborate a little bit about the, the options as far as Merida? What do they offer? Sure. Um, so they have what's called a dedicated Combin CT scanner, which is the Aquitomo. And the Aquitomo was the first high-resolution Combin CT scanner that was, that was developed for dentistry. This is literally over 20 years ago. So Rita was always on the forefront of that. And then later on, they developed uh, the Veraview Epox family. Uh, and now they have two Combin uh, CT scanners. That, that's what we call the hybrid units that can take panoramic images. And they can also do cone beam, Veraview Epox R100. And then the newest machine that they have, which is called the X800 unit. And those are units, again, they're hybrid that allow you to take a uh, panoramic image, lateral SAFs if you need to, and also cone beam CT scans. Why not get the hybrid? It gives you that extra um, versatility. Well, again, there are differences between a hybrid unit and a dedicated unit. Just like you said, a hybrid is something that has to do two things well, meaning that I have to design something that can take a, a very good panoramic image and also a very good uh, cone BCT scanner, which Morita does a superb job of doing this. However, when you choose a dedicated unit, the dedicated unit is built differently. Um, uh, the sensors are different. The distances between sensor and, and tube head are differently. Uh, the number of base images that are, that, that, that are acquired when you actually uh, take a scan on a patient are differently. In, in lame terms, the resolution that you get from the Aquitomo, it's unmatchable. That's literally the best convincing team in the world. It's not me saying. It's every single paper that's been published that talks about resolution. Aquitomo is the reigning king. And that's one of the reasons why, because it's built specifically for one thing. So you're not giving up anything. Yeah, there's by, no, by there's no compromise by, by there's having, no compromise by having the, uh, compromise. right, by having the SEF or the PAN as part of the, the hybrid Correct. system. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about 
uh, some of the, the reasons why general dentists should have it. L let's talk about the four pillars of imaging. And, and we talked about this offline. Tell us a little bit about that. So the, the, the number one question that, that I got around, uh, you know, when, I, when I'm in a conference or in the classroom, typically is, Bruno, what's the best machine out there? And, and to me, it's very uh, uh, interesting that people keep asking me this question because it shows that you, you really don't know how to evaluate machines or even choose start your path towards education in 3D imaging. So what I call the four pillars of imaging or the four things that I think every dentist should know when they decided to enter the, the 3D world. Okay, so, so here's the thing. So what it will be pillar number one. Pillar number one is acquisition. So before I can start talking about pillar number four, which is interpretation, I need to understand what acquisition is. So when I'm looking at a comb BCT scanner, what am I looking for? I'm looking for, can I um, scan uh, any sort of patient here? Uh, can, I, can I scan a patient that is 300 pounds on a wheelchair, right, on, on this unit? Uh, that, that is super important because one of the things that I think it's really funny when you look at brochures of any manufacturers on the market today, the patient is always a supermodel with the longest neck you can possibly think of. <laughs> that's and that's true. not really true. That's not the patients that we see, right? I, I want to know on the patients that are, you know, have trauma, uh, the patients that are missing the interior teeth and they cannot bite on a bite stick, can I still take a good scan of those patients? It starts like this. Second, from an acquisition perspective is, can I control parameters? Meaning that, can I control my KV? Can I control my MA? Can I select fields of view? Uh, can I select high resolution scans and things of that nature? If I can control my parameters, that allows me to eliminate off the bat a lot of the imaging artifacts that we have that are associated with comb CT imaging. So that is pillar number one, is acquisition. Pillar number two is data correction. Okay, I acquire the volume, right? I already got the data in front of me in the, in the computer. What are the tools that I have within the software that allows me now to correct the data, that adjusts brightness and contrast? Do I have a very wide dynamic range when I'm, you know, uh, dealing with my, 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 the density of those voxels? Um, can I eliminate being hardening and, and metal artifacts and things of that nature? Can I eliminate noise? How easy it is for me to navigate and rotate the volume around? That is part of the data correction component. Then comes pillar number three. Pillar number three is navigation. What are the tools that I have within the software that allows me now to navigate the volume? You know, what are the ways that, that the software is allowing me to slice and dice this three-dimensional volume in any direction that I need and how easy it is for me to do so. And then when you combine good acquisition with, data, with excellent data correction software and excellent navigation tools, I can now jump into the fourth pillar, which is interpretation. Now I can go in and start learning about, uh, you know, what is the anatomy that I'm looking at? What is the pathology that I'm looking at? And, and, and combining all the, all the other things that came beforehand to support what interpretation will be. So if you just talk about interpretation, it's, it's almost impossible to, 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 um, to get to a diagnosis if, for example, acquisition was not done properly or data correction was not done properly or even data navigation is not done properly. So uh, you, you're always gonna need the four supports to get to uh, the right diagnosis. That's why the, pillar, the four pillars of imaging is so important. Yeah, that was very well explained. Quick question is, what's the learning curve uh, to master those four pillars when you, someone that's new into 3D imaging? So if you're new to 3D imaging, uh, the, you know, the learning curve can be pretty daunting. 
And the reason for that is um, there are very few courses available for those that actually want to get educated on three-dimensional imaging. And unfortunately, um, you know, we, we actually do a very bad job of training folks on imaging in dental schools. So the, the, the problem starts even on your, on your training to become a doctor. Um, radiology, unfortunately, it's not, um, you know, a specialty that's very large. So therefore, there are very few people like myself that are educators uh, in the U.S. just teaching radiology to those folks. But here's the thing. If you really want to learn how to, um, how to go about 3D imaging, I think the best thing you can do right now is actually to pick up a really good book. The best book on three-dimensional imaging was written by, in my opinion, by Dr. William Scarf. It's called um, CT Imaging. It's done, it's done by Springer, and it's an excellent book that teaches you from A to Z pretty much everything you want to know about home BCT imaging. So that would be... Yeah, can, uh, you repeat, yeah, can you repeat that the name of that book again uh, so our audience can so, hear it in case they missed it? Being, it's called Cone Beam Computer Tomography in Dentistry by Dr. William Scarf, and the, uh, the editor is Springer. Okay, very good to know. Um, so I guess that you encourage doctors to take, you know, hands-on courses, courses like that, that you are doing right now with the, uh, like you mentioned earlier, you're one of the active speakers for the AAE and you do a lot of education in using 3D imaging for endodontics. I'm sure they could sign up for those unless they're sold out, obviously. But um, is there a place to go to find uh, where you're going to be to give those classes? Sure. Uh, if you go to the, my website, it's always available. There's a lot of information there for those that are seeking um, uh, education on BCT imaging. And it's pretty easy to remember. It's uh, www.conebeamguy.com. Conebeamguy.com. <clears throat> Excellent. Conebeamguy.com. As you know, we're talking to Dr. Azevedo, and he is a uh, expert uh, in 3D imaging, and he's very. Uh, we're very happy that he could share his time with us today to talk about some of the the important uh, things to know about 3D imaging before purchasing and even after purchasing, so that you get the best out of the the machinery that you're that you're working with. So tell us what the importance of high resolution is in high resolution scans. There are two ways for you to think about uh, three-dimensional imaging in general. You can do three-dimensional imaging for task-specific purposes, meaning that you can acquire a, a volume um, that uh, spins very fast around the patient's head, doesn't have a lot of data to reconstruct, and therefore um, the, the, the 3D uh, anatomy is displayed um, kind of a foggy, kind of a noisy, and but allows you to see the outline of, of, of a tooth, maybe allows you to measure you know, height and width of bone and things of that nature. Um, dentistry is different than medicine when it comes to, to imaging. And the reason for that is we are looking uh, for microscopic stuff when it comes to dentistry. We are looking for split roots, um, you know, canals that are super thin or, or calcified. We are looking for detail and uh, that, that really makes a difference in our treatment planning. So every time that I take a scan, I'm always trying to acquire an image that has the highest resolution as possible. And the reason for that is because I never know what I'm going to encounter when I take a scan of the, of the maxillofacial complex. I want to know if that bone trabeculation is really showing, because you know, if I'm gonna be placing a, a dental implant, I wanna know what type of bone I'm dealing with. Um, I wanna know, for example, 
how is that PDL space? If the, if I have a PDL space that that is present or or absent, for example, a case of ankylosis on impacted teeth. So um, I am a proponent of always using the highest resolution scan you can possibly get, and that's one of the reasons why Morita shines uh, in the 3D world is because they they are known for the high resolution scans that they they, they produce. As far as a vertical root fracture, you know, back in the day when we had 2D imaging, we weren't able to confirm a vertical root fracture by an x-ray. Now with 3D imaging, is that uh, just routine? Well, again, when it comes to root fractures, you have to take many things into consideration. So when we, and we cannot generalize, for example, the word cone beam in one box in order to, you know, can I detect vertical root fractures with cone beam? Well, it depends. It depends because you're going to have to think about which cone beam CT scan are you talking about. Um, um, you know, even the smaller fields of view, high-resolution scans from manufacturers to manufacturers, they are different. Just like I was explaining to you the difference between an Equitomo, which is a dedicated machine, versus a, uh, a, a hybrid unit, the difference in image quality between one and the other plays a role on that diagnosis. The learning curve of the person that, that is actually reading the scan also plays a role on who is going to see that fracture or not. What I can tell you is that, in general, um, the sensitivity and specificity for vertical root fractures is much higher on cone BCT imaging than it is on two-dimensional image. There is no question about it. But what I can also tell you is that there is now new software coming out that has the aid of AI, and that's going to increase that sensitivity and specificity to a completely different level that we have today. So it's a very exciting area to be in because we are now you know, starting to add AI to help us uh, uh, diagnose a lot of those very challenging cases. And if you understand how to do the, the four pillars, right, the acquisition for vertical root fractures, data correction for vertical root fractures, and also the navigation for that, chances are that you will start finding them much, much, much easier. The artificial intelligence, does that affect the data correction part of the, the, the pillars? Is that something that it, it does, it starts to understand and, and takes that load off the practitioner? That is correct. So the future will will allow the computer now to uh, correct the data for the task-specific uh, 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 treatment or, or, or diagnosis that you need, right? So, you know, if I know that I have a case that, I, that I'm looking for uh, a vertical root fracture, I'll be able to ask the computer, can you please correct this data for this particular type of, of uh, task? And then, therefore, you know, hope, chances are that th those 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 very thin um, uh, lines are going to start showing up much better on, on on your CTs. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, when I practiced endodontics back in the day, you know, we used a perio probe um, and walked it around the tooth. And when it dropped down into a isolated vertical defect, we knew that there was you know something to consider. That's there's a possibility there's a vertical root fracture because this the other the rest of the bone that's around the tooth was fairly intact and then when it just dropped into that that one vertical area that was kind of a key so, giveaway the old-fashioned so way one of the interesting things right now about this topic is that i'm actually publishing a paper right now with dr muhammad fayad from uh, chicago who is one of the world authorities on uh, the diagnosis of uh, vertical root fractures and one of the things that we're showing on this particular publication is that you don't need to have a probe a probing to to actually have a vertical root fracture so we're actually showing a series of cases um, um, on diagnosis of vertical root fractures where uh, you don't have no probing whatsoever and the tooth is fractured. 
Right. So but, there's there's a lot going on right now into this field, yeah. and uh, like I said, the future is really bright. Right. Yeah. I mean, we didn't rule out a fracture if we didn't see the probe drop in because it could have been an early fracture, and then of course the bone wouldn't have deteriorated at that point. <laughs> uh, so it was an, that means that the fracture may have just recently happened, so there would be no bone loss. But as a mature vertical root fracture, normally, at least in my practice, I saw that probe drop oh, yeah. down quite radically. It's definitely one of the signs. Yeah. But um, the, one of the things that we're also talking about today is that depending on the area, um, you can also have the patholysis resistance of a uh, of a apical lesion that that goes all the way to the to the cervical area, and then therefore you, you get that probing. Exactly. And you know, a lot of dentists out there, they they are very quick to say, "Oh, I can probe all the way down. It has to be a fracture." Not necessarily. Oh no, no, that's true. No, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't confirm a fracture, but it, it's a good. It's yeah, one of the diagnostic tools you can use for sure. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, this has been great information. Just to wrap up this podcast because we're running out of time, Doctor Azevedo, and it's been very, very enlightening to hear the things you're talking about. What you could fit in 15 minutes is amazing. Um, imagine taking your four-hour class. So 60. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so real quickly, give us a very brief background. What is DICOM? How does one use CBCT data to plan implants? And how does one acquire a high resolution volume? If you can do that in three minutes, we're doing really well. So. <laughs> okay, so um, again, thank you for this question. The, the, the important thing about understanding what, what DICOM is, is that DICOM stands for Digital Imaging Communication in Dentistry. And this is the, the it's not a, most people tend to think of DICOM as being a, 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 a um, an image format like JPEG or or bitmap, and it's not. DICOM, it's actually a format, it's a standard. And that's the standard that we use in, in medicine and in, in dentistry to um, to create this language that allows us now to talk with different types of hardware and also from images from different manufacturers to also talk to each other. So why is DICOM important? DICOM is important because right now, Every, every colon bean CT scanner on the market will allow you to export your data into this particular standard. And what that will allow you to do is to now talk to different hardwares and use colon bean CT imaging as a pillar for, for example, um, you know, planning implants with whatever software you want. It can be, you know, all the way from Blue Sky Bio to, uh, you know, scene plants to all the very famous ones, cold diagnostics, whatever it is that you want to use. And, um, and because this particular language or standard allows you now to communicate with different um, different softwares and different manufacturers, it will give you the freedom to 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 work with um, pretty much in any environment that you that you that you want. And this is crucial for those that are actually seeking um, dental implants um, because you'll be able to use any software that you want by loading your dipole volumes to to those softwares, right? So that that is one of them. And the second question that you asked was, how do I acquire a high-resolution scan? So the, the one, there's one thing that I have to tell the, uh, the, the audience here, is that manufacturers, they, they have this fight, it's called the voxel size fight. Every manufacturer out there, um, they, they try to justify high-resolution scans by one factor, which is a voxel size. And for those who don't know what a voxel is, voxel is the smallest uh, it's a 3D pixel, basically what it is. It's the smallest uh, um, uh, point, right, 3D point of the volume that we acquire. Although a very small voxel size, it's important for you to have a, a high-resolution CT scanner 
it's not it's not the only thing that's going to uh, define what a high resolution scan actually is. So when I'm talking about high resolution scans, I want to know a couple more things than just what is the voxel size. I want to know, for example, how many base images are acquired when the machine rotates around my patient's head. And why is this important? Because the more base images that are acquired, the more data I have to reconstruct the volume. So therefore, if I have a lot of data to reconstruct the volume in combination with a very small voxel size, I can eliminate a lot of the noise and actually give the doctor a very nice, very sharp uh, 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 image. Now, I can have a very small voxel size, but if I, as I rotate around the patient's head, I don't acquire as many base images, it's pretty much worthless, that voxel size. Because what it does is, it doesn't allow me now to see detail, and there will be areas of the, of the volume that because I didn't acquire as many base images during that rotation, that, that information is gonna be missing. And therefore, uh, I won't have the same image quality. So uh, for those that are seeking high resolution scan, scanners out there, or, or high resolution scans, always make sure to ask manufacturers, when, you, when the machine rotate around the patient's head, how many base images are being acquired here? Because there's, there's a lot of misconception that resolution is only gonna be you know, determined by voxel size, and that's not quite true. Very well explained and very important information for someone that's at least in the process of uh, looking to purchase a machine. Um, I think you've covered a tremendous amount of information and uh, we'd love to have you on the show again where we have more time, Dr. Azevedo. Please feel free to visit the website. If you could say the website again. Yeah, it would be uh, www.conebeamguy.com. So conebeamguy.com. And if you want to Google Dr. Azevedo, his last name is spelled A-Z-E-V-E-D-O. And his first name is Bruno. So uh, yeah. feel free to Google Dr. Azevedo. And I look like a Bruno. I'm 6'4", 300 pounds. Yeah, there so. you go. Football. <laughs> Ever play football or no? I did. I was a defense fan. Oh, wow. Very, very impressive. All right. Well, listen, uh, it's been exciting listening to this great information. I mean, this is where it's going. I mean, 3D, eventually when you start using 3D imaging, you probably can't live without it, right? And from the standpoint yeah. of diagnosing, you're literally handicapped without it once you start using it. It's, it's almost like, how do you go to practice when, when, and see patients without this 3D imaging? But if you don't have it, you know, you don't know what you're missing. I mean, it's that kind of thing. So yeah. the analogy that I use uh, for people to understand this is that, you know, imagine that, you know, if you are in the 2D world, you're like a sailor, right? You know, you sail around the ocean and you look down and maybe you see a turtle, you can see a shadow down there, you can see the fish and things like this. So you can be sailing all your life from a 2D perspective, but the moment that you discover scuba diving, meaning that now I can go in and look at that fish face to face, it's a completely different experience. So basically that's what it is. It, it's, it's like teaching people how to be scuba divers right now instead of just being sailors. Yeah, excellent analogy. Well, very well said, and we really appreciate your input. We thank uh, Jay Marita for their sponsorship of this podcast. Jay Marita is a fantastic company. They obviously have great equipment. You could purchase any equipment you want, Dr. Azevedo, and, and you've chosen to stick with Jay Marita. So uh, that's worth something right there. Thank you so much, and we hope to see you on another podcast soon. Bill, thank you so much, and stay safe, everybody.